All right, guys, before we get started, I want to talk really quick about our sponsor, and that's Patch Chunky Shop. Uh, Patch Chunky Shop is an Etsy shop that specializes in uniquely designed patches. Their stock includes everything from military style morale patches to designs that reference popular culture. They also sell patch related stuff like patch mats and patch bags that you can stick your patches to. So if you get a chance, go to their website. It's www.patchjunkyshop.com and use the promo code Salumis for 10% off of your order. Once again, that's S-A-L-U-M-I-S-T and instantly get 10% off. Um, I want to also talk about Skype. That is who we've been using as of late to do these podcast episodes uh, because we want to exercise caution and really pay respect to the social distancing and the different types of uh, rules and regulations that are going out there right now. Uh, we chose to use Skype to hold a lot of our episodes. So Skype isn't the only platform out there that will allow you to do this kind of stuff. So if you have anything like Google Hangouts, if you have Zoom uh, tons of other platforms out there that will allow you to connect with other people and really get whatever message that you have out there. Or if you just want to connect with any of your friends and loved ones, there's tons of platforms out there. But if you want a good example of one, Skype is what we've been using, and I highly recommend that. All right, let's get into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Salimus Podcast. And we got some stuff cooked up today. We want to talk about Joe. Joe done fucked it up, didn't he? If you listen to his most recent interview, he made the assumption that blacks who have trouble deciding on whether or not to vote for him or Trump simply aren't black. Boy, he sure is wrong. Or maybe he's right. Maybe he's saying what both parties really think. That makes sense to me because it seems to be a novelty site to find a black Republican or Libertarian, and it's just assumed that a black person is Democrat. Maybe Joe's making an attempt at trying to fit in and failing miserably. Maybe Joe's a closet racist. Maybe we throw that term around too much, and we like to use extreme labels like that when someone doesn't fit our perfect narrative of how a person should be with regard to social tolerance or correctness. In this episode, Chris, Mark, and I take a deep dive into the now famous interview with Charlemagne the God, and we try to make sense of where it came from and why it was said. We each go down our different rabbit holes in this episode, but we come out with a shared understanding. So my hope is that you see where we're coming from, and you can find value in this episode so sit back and enjoy episode 892 crazy uncle joe man i've been good i uh, was helping my friend um uh get some try and load some wood from home depot but ran into some problems so we're going to try and do that tomorrow speaking of games mark dude i've been obsessed with kerbal space program have you played that nah i'm playing dude uh, uh, load that shit on steam right fucking now dude that's it, the like physics it, silly one right dude you just build rockets and try and get them to space but like it's it's so fun and then there's wow. this other one called bmng.drive and like I've always wanted to know what it would be like if people got into car wrecks certain ways. It's like it's like a soft physics. Said <laughs> I've you always crash cars really hard. Like it's awesome yeah. just seeing like you're like oh this is what'll happen when you wreck the car that you know 
It'll Damn, say like transmission look at the, flooded. That clavicle. Oh, oh. you talking <laughs> yeah, about like the ve- the vehicle, not like the human body? Yeah, no, the, it, it has like the the bodies in there, but then it also has like the vehicles. It'll mm. tell you like what's wrong with the car. Like transmission is gone, gearbox is this, engines flooded. If you drive in certain types of terrain, it's so fun. It's yeah, so it fun. looks awesome. I'm looking at it. Now. I, I tried yeah, to tell ridiculous. I tried to download Warzone, but it's just entirely too big of a file for all the bullshit that I've already got saved on my PS4. Oh, dude, if you play that shit on on PC, at least it's a 200 gigabyte file, man. It's just dude, it, it's fucking enormous and it's free to download and play yeah. on PS4 and shit. But uh, I can't bring myself to delete all of my Warframe stuff. Oh, yeah. Did did y'all ever play Warframe? Yeah, when it first came out, I played it for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I tried to. I know it's got like a really like a whatever uh, cult following or whatever. Like, yeah. I didn't I didn't play it though. Dog, I it's, it, it's intense. It's absolutely like one of the most exhausting and overstimulating fucking games. But it, it was a lot of fun, and and we put a lot of time and effort into it. Even though I probably won't ever play that shit again, I just can't bring myself to delete it. I don't know. <laughs> Well, so I wanted to uh, get everyone together and have a quick discussion. I have like two things I want to talk about. And, um, you know, the second thing is more of like a theory that I have. And, you know, you know me, I'll start reading something and I'll be like, how can we apply this to something else? And so the first thing, though, it's a kind of a current events type of thing, but it is um, it is Joe Biden. And I don't know if you guys saw what he it said on the Breakfast Club, but uh, in my opinion, Damn. he he pretty much said what both the Democratic and Republican parties like really think about the black vote. Um, and so I wasn't really surprised. I think people are kind of flipping out and overreacting to what he said. And it's a lot like, of white people that are doing it. Like, it's I all, see, dude, it's that's I, what I I've see, seen. I've seen black folks be like, look. God damn it. It was an it's out of pocket. Obviously, it's not like something that we appreciate, but give us a little fucking credit here. Like Trump is this. He is dangerous enough that we are informed enough to be like, OK, lesser of two evils here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it is like I haven't seen I haven't seen a single black, brown or beige person raising a furor about this shit. It's nothing but white folks. Well, that the I've seen one black person say like um, that was like mad about it or something like that. But also I, I tried to send a message to Carlos, see if he wanted to jump on. But the I, I have seen black people kind of be like, well, he, maybe he didn't mean it like that. You know what I'm saying? God like, damn. He don't know what, what they're doing. What people did with Trump is like, he didn't mean grab her by the pussy. I mean, it was all just it's a figure of speech. man. You know? Yeah, man, you don't understand <laughs> fucking linguistics at all. <laughs> Carlos is going to be so mad. When he, he can't defend himself here. But uh, yeah, that's what I, I'm seeing some of that going on. And so, Mark, I didn't know. Did you hear when he did you hear him talk about that? Um, you talking about when Biden was talking to Charlemagne or something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah Charlemagne. And, and didn't he say something like, "If you don't uh, vote for me or something, you're not black or something"? He said, "If you have trouble deciding between me yeah. and Trump, then you're you not. Black. Then you then you ain't black." Oh and yeah, he said it like I'm laughing, one of those people. You, know you guys, you guys are gonna 
going to like eat me up for it. But I'm one of those people that you just described, though. I, I believe in nuance and subtlety in language. And I don't know, man. I don't know why when people get to that stature, like they can't make linguistic mistakes. So please, for the sake of the podcast, don't like beat me up if I got it coming because <laughs> no. <laughs> there's, no, there's no better people to straighten me out than YouTube. But like I'm one of those people that didn't think Kanye meant anything harmful when he said that sounds like a choice. He Kanye, I'm not comparing myself to that creative, brilliant person. I'm saying he talks just like I talk. Wouldn't you guys agree with that? He blah, 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 blah. If he's not very, very careful, he switches to the next thing, before, maybe one third into the thought or sometimes one third into the, the very sentence because his brain is making connections really, really quickly. Just the way he thinks, not that it's special or extraordinary or brilliant. It's just many people think that way. We just those people tend to not be the ones awarded the privilege of speaking on behalf of everyone else. But I, don't <laughs> yeah. think, I, I don't think it's crazy. I knew exactly what Joe meant. I knew exactly what Kanye meant when he, when he said that. And uh, I, I knew what Trump meant when he said that. That's so fucking <laughs> hilarious. What the, you know, I, 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 I got a great relationship with the blacks. Uh, well, not that, not that one. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm just talking about grabbing by the pussy. To oh, me, it's fucking no. hilarious because I know what he's talking about. I've said the same <laughs> shit. I, I, I got, I got jokes going on, ongoing jokes with my friends, like even some of my female friends. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I'm half scared to say on this podcast, yeah. total rape jokes where we both are dying, laughing, grabbing our guts, talking about how in 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 possibly, uh uh uh, what's the word, voracious? How the appetite for sexual conquest conquest can make men stupid, and anything is rape. And I'm talking about I'll be out. I'm not all the way back in high school, yeah. in ninety nine, two thousand. I used to have this joke with my friend where she would like, we would see each other in the hallway or something. And I would just, I, I would just touch her or like, like, like stroke her shoulder or something. And we would die laughing because I wanted to fuck so bad that it was like all that, <laughs> all that Christ. my focus was on. And even she thought it was funny. And she was like, guys are fucking crazy. I'm like, yeah, we are crazy. And now looking back at it, seeing the amount of energy you spent on that when you're young and you're in your late 30s. And I'm just like, I don't want to be bothered anything uh, like I, I understand it. So I'm sorry, but I don't I know exactly what Joe Biden was saying and what he meant. And I know exactly why they do it. And they make a fool of themselves, yeah. whether they are racist or not. I have made a fool of myself by trying to overload a short, brief opportunity to communicate with as much affinity as possible. So there, it's just like Abba and Preach. I've been watching these guys a lot. On, they've got a really good YouTube channel. And they're both from Montreal or somewhere. And another example, here I am doing a tangent, is no, no, uh, Schwart Schwartz's new uh, podcast. You'll see they overload their language with a little too many son, bruh, too much like black guy hip hop stuff because yeah. now everyone is so familiar with that that when you're not natively born into that you can't say anyone can be a hip hop or a backpacker. What I'm what I'm saying what I'm getting at is um, Biden making that statement. I've been preach saying nigga all the time. Mm -hmm. Black guys not from North America. Well, they're from North America, but they're from Canada. Um, Andrew Schwartz always broaching the race topic and using language like he's from 
the Bronx, New York. I think he is from East Coast somewhere. All of that is something that happens very frequently nowadays because people are trying to establish in a very short amount of time using language what would usually take more time than the formats allow them to do. This is why long form formats like ours, like other popular podcasts, are much more effective at getting the point across because you can take the time to establish that rapport. So what Biden wants to do is in one or two sentences show affinity and it, uh, more than that, he's in a deficit. He's a white guy. So he's got to show that I'm not racist. Yes. You know what I mean? And, it, and you, low, you see, I don't know if you saw go ahead. cringeworthy. You know what I mean? Like cringe well, kind of in the in the video, too. If you saw how easily like it kind of rolled off of like Charlemagne, I don't know if he was doing that for the sake of like the continuation of the conversation or if he just knew like, all right, you're on, you know, you're the you're the old white dude that jumps on the predominantly black podcast or you know, the show. And it's like, I know you're trying to fit in. He is. He is quick enough for that. You know, he's yeah. interview. He's become an interview adept, yeah. like all kinds of different people. But I heard a bump. I heard like one of those skips where he might not have heard it in sync. Which, uh, but that's what it sounded like to me. It sounded like he was getting ready to say something as Biden was finishing what he was saying. And then Charlemagne had to process that. Well, did you watch the video? Um, I did. Watch, only watch, did, yeah. the, the video feed, like if you watch, you can notably see that there's a little bit of a skip. In Charlemagne, right. like, like it's almost like he arbitrarily, like, like a thing, like he's sitting at a desk and he arbitrarily moves a pencil from one side of the desk to the other in order to like reset or some shit. Because as you uh-huh. could tell it didn't hit seamlessly with Charlemagne either. But he, he, man, to to that man's credit, also knowing how Charlemagne is, he had to make some executive fucking decisions really fast too mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like he could have been like well what do you mean by that but yeah. charlemagne and and i'm yeah. sure that that thought even crossed his mind for a millisecond too like well that that's his my natural thought is to be like well, could you explain what you mean by that no that's gonna hurt that's gonna hurt the cause that i believe like trump is a dangerous entity and we need to take him down even though this is not ideal you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not going to do anything to to uh, what is it? The uh, the purity test. The the left is all all about like, again, I'm I'm all about scrutinizing motherfuckers. But like we by design kind of consume ourselves, the left or more more liberals, people that identify as liberals, people that identify as leftists. It's a little bit more abstract, but liberals tend to have this purity test. And if you don't measure up to it, then it, then they throw you away. Whereas the other side doesn't have that hindrance. There's mm-hmm. no accountability. It's just like a straight shot. Like, let's just jettison mm-hmm. our guy up here. Yep. And I, I, I think, honest to God, I'll be real with you. I think it's made Joe Biden more relevant. I think Joe Biden is now more relevant and probably polling better, like would pro- probably is gaining. It's it's good. Pu- no publicity is bad publicity. Mm-hmm. And and if people understand, and again, I think a lot of white folks rush to, to the defense of of uh, brown, beige, and black folks when and, and infantilize them to a degree. Mm-hmm. 
infantilize subjugated groups as though like the black community isn't capable of being like, yo, we get it. Like that uh, uncle Joe, Mm -hmm. we, we know he's not the worst motherfucker on the planet. That wasn't the greatest thing, but the motherfuckers old, like who, who doesn't have, uh, regardless of color, who doesn't have a, a grandparent that's around that age that's liable to say some shit, you know? Yeah. He, so, you know what? I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I and, and I really think that to the end result of this, I don't think is going to be a negative thing for Joe Biden. I think it's yeah. it's it's causing more attention. If anything, it's rallying people because if if I'm honest with you, it's made me make more of a decision like because I was man, I was right there like you know what? Fuck Joe Biden. Joe Biden ain't, ain't did shit. Like there ain't nothing. Man, fuck it. So let, let it all just come crashing down and we'll, we'll deal with we'll sift through the ashes later on, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, escalation of Trump's behavior lately, especially like just some of the dangerous rhetoric and all of that. It, it's it's kind of rallied me. And to, to see this shit go on, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? OK, he is bad. He's mm-hmm. not a good. I don't think he's a good person. If I'm honest with you, I don't. I, don't, I do not think this? Joe Biden. Joe oh, okay. Biden. I do not think Joe Biden is a good person. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, but I, I think that he is less dangerous as a figurehead as far sure. as rhetorical things and stirring up shit and misinformation. This toxic, like yeah. overtly poisonous to like any kind of of solidarity amongst the working class than Trump yeah. is. I think, I think Trump has taken better, this shit to a whole other level. Yeah. I think he would put a better, you know, and, and you know where I stand politically. I think that he would put a much better cabinet together. Uh, but what I was going to say is I also wonder with the comment, if the outrage is because maybe Joe was right. And the problem was that it came from him. <laughs> Because if it came from another black person that said that, no one would say anything. No one would say a. I don't know. There, there would be there would be some black folks that would say some shit. There would be well, if, there, if there, another there, black person said that. Like there, I don't. Yeah, think, yeah. There, there totally would be. There would be. There would be some. You know, there would be some token ass uh, right wing black folks okay, that would be so absolutely fucking outraged, and so, then they would be plastered all over Fox News. So you're like, proving my point here, like, is what you're is, is because Joe can Joe said what he said. And I think that that further reinforces the amount of like it, it shouldn't be some novelty fucking thing that I lean libertarian. It shouldn't be a novelty thing that there are black people who are conservative and who are who will claim the Republican Party. Like and the fact that he says that that, in my opinion, shows how much both parties are like, yeah, if you're black, of course you're going to be Democrat. But if you are a black person and vote Republican, they're like, well, fuck, come on in. Welcome to the club, man. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go do some and, and, yeah and, they, and they push them to the front of the photo. Exactly. Like, Here, you hold the plaque. Exactly. And at the end of the day, neither fucking party has done anything of worth for us. Well, and, and so- again, and, and honest to God, I think it's the the problem is and we've come full circle on this relates to a recent podcast too. how that like the Democratic Party's version of racism in many ways has been a much more slow acting, but more effective poison. Mm-hmm. It's this it's this 
illusion of compassion, illusion of investment or having uh, the black community's uh, best interests at heart. It's that yeah. illusion. And then and they garner that fucking loyalty. But but the, a lot of things can get done without the black vote, obviously, because yeah. motherfucking Trump got elected. And uh, God damn. I mean, yeah. it, 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 but but that's that's the thing here. That is the thing here is is Biden issuing so, a, a statement like that that has now spurned national conversation is going to attract attention to Biden that otherwise wouldn't have been on Biden throughout the black community. He's going to be more of a topic of discussion Mm -hmm. where if anybody's communicating about politics at all, that will be something that comes up and that will be a litmus test. And I guarantee you the majority of black folks are going to, that are, are planning on voting are going to be like, well, I mean, like at least he's not, half-assed a white supremacist like Trump is like yeah. that, that will be somewhat of the conversation and then keep that shit moving. I, I don't sincerely, and I could be completely off base, but mm-hmm. I don't believe that this is going to hurt him as far as the black vote is concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that, you know, and I, and I'm, as I continue to read through more of the stuff, people are very quick to label um, Joe as, as a racist and like, I just, I just don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe that he is. Um, I think that a uh, potentially or perceived racist system has benefited him. Of course it has. It pretty much benefits everyone up there. Um, and before people are like, well, we voted a black president. Oh, you groomed a guy. So anyway, um, that's the, that was uh, of, of half African and half Caucasian descent, like like yeah, from Africa. Got, like he, groomed. And, 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 uh, again, it's a different entity. It's not like you elected somebody that looks like Bernie Mac to fucking the the highest office in the United States. You said Bernie Mac. I'm just well, saying. I'm like, tell you something, motherfucker. Well, think about it. <laughs> I mean, this, it was it was a, a, a he was very much groomed. It was it was a a calculated fucking thing. And he was squeaky fucking clean, too. Yeah, he had to be. They would have destroyed him if he hadn't been squeaky clean because they tried to. And and you see that the current president is not squeaky clean. And he, he it still doesn't matter. Just, it doesn't matter. But it if would anything, matter. It endears if, him. Yes. And it would matter if 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 Barack had that type of a record. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different type of system here. Well, but do all- I don't think that the dude is racist. I don't think so. Also, I don't think that Donald Trump is a racist. I think he's classist. I think most people up there are just classist and they'll do whatever it is to benefit themselves no matter what. Like everyone has a a dollar value. Everyone has a cost. It just so happens that there are certain people that seem to cost less. He's just playing that system. And I don't don't believe certain people cost less. He, I'm just going to say I don't know. I kind of I kind of believe that Donald Trump would be the type of motherfucker that assigns people certain uh, attributes just based upon their race or ethnicity. Like, I, I bet he would meet somebody and, and and just and racism isn't necessarily always some like hate based thing either. Yeah. Like, that's why I said the system I mean, is what- 
yeah, it, it doesn't mean like to say Donald Trump hates black people. No, I don't think Donald Trump hates no, black I, people, but I definitely yeah. think Donald Trump is both a racist and a classist. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you're right. I think that he um, um, sees people in terms of their dollar value. But I also believe that that he's probably a motherfucker that believes in white eminence. I, I, I bet you anything because he thinks he's the greatest shit that ever lived. So, I mean, why why has he got this conflated sense of self? And then and then mentions race a lot, like mm. talks about race. I have a great relationship with the blacks. That's mm. a, that's some shit he said. And again, like it's like it's <laughs> not like it's the end of the world or it's unexpected or I'm offended by the shit. But like I do. I feel like there's there's you know, we did a whole episode on on levels and there's levels to this shit. I don't yeah. think that, that that being a racist is an absolute. And I think it oftentimes gets treated as an absolute by both people on the left and the right. Like sure. you're either a racist or you're not a racist. I think there's varying degrees. <clears throat> I think there's varying degrees. And then there I think there are subjective elements to racism as well. What's racist to 50 percent of the black population might not be considered racist to the other 50 percent of the black population. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a, again, and, and that's that's that just means that there's not a consensus within the, the group itself that is per, perceived as the subject of the racism or the perceived racism. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you got to treat people as individuals once you get a when you start lumping people into into fucking groups that's when shit gets problematic when you start mm-hmm. speaking for the totality of a certain fucking community people get really pissed off about that shit but <clears throat> at the same time again some half-assed don't give a fuck old white dude sitting talking to charlemagne saying well if you have trouble deciding between voting for me and Donald Trump, then you ain't black. Uh, again, th- that does leave open the the uh, the notion that he's not even speaking to black people specifically. He could be like, well, you're obviously not a black person because black people are going to vote for me. There's context that's associated yeah. with the shit as well. But I, I, I think you're right. I don't think that Joe Biden is, I don't think he's, I, I don't think he hates black people either. No, um, but and I don't I think th- I, I see him as that dude. And you see, we've all probably seen it before when when the white, du- the, you know, the the white dude walks into the black barbershop and we're playing a game of dozens or something like that. Someone's getting roasted and he chimes in and says something thinking that he's like, oh, yeah, like he's been listening forever. He's been like, oh, OK, OK, like building up the suspense, like all this other shit. And then he mm-hmm. says something and everyone's like. Uh, you know, he's just like, wait, you're about to fucking bitch whore. <laughs> All right, guys, got him. You know, yeah. it was just like, ah, uh, didn't really hit. You know what I'm saying? And, and mm-hmm. I and I sort of see it on that level or I see him being like super comfortable and just like, oh, guys, I, I'm really loving the fact that you guys are OK with me listening to Jay-Z. And he starts quoting a song and drops an N-bomb on there with, with an A, you know what I'm saying? But he's just feeling himself and everyone's like, oh, fuck. And he was thinking in his head like, oh, I'm comfortable with everyone now. Like, this is OK like, to crack to say it's like this. Bullworth. It's like Bullworth. It is like that Bullworth. Movie? Yes. Yes. I'm, I mean, I, honest to God, like it, it, sincerely, the the issue 
will overwhelmingly get pushed by white folks mm-hmm. on both sides. There are shirts being made and sold already that have the statement on it, yep. crediting Joe Biden. Um, I don't know is that that's necessarily a savvy move. If I saw some perceivably old honky ass motherfucker walking around with a shirt like that on, it's not really going to garner support for Donald Trump for me. I'm going to be like, that, that's, that to me is more insulting than what Joe Biden fucking said, to be honest with you. Yeah. If you, if you see some, I mean, again, like somebody that's kind of fringe, like possibly could be prejudice type motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, walking around proudly with, with some shit like that on. You ain't black if you don't, like, that's that's the antagonistic shit. I, well, they're, and, do, they're doing it to get people over to their camp, and, and I know they think that they But it won't work. It, it's going to have the opposite. It's, it's going to have an off-putting effect. Again, it's just like, yeah. it, it just labels them. Yeah, you know one thing, too? I've, I've started to believe that a lot of the people in the Democratic Party like after after Bernie didn't win, there were so many people that picked up their toys and left the playground and so many people just got pissed and everything. Now, I just feel like the majority of the party is just looking for some shit to be mad about for the next four years. Like, that's all. That's it. it just what, seems like party? they're looking to the Democratic Party. I think they're just looking for something to be pissed about. Or maybe it's just li- the like liberal yeah. people just looking yeah. for something to be mad about. You know, no, I, I don't think so. I think I, I think that that. To, to a degree, I think that some of that does occur, but I think that, that the uh, the left gets gaslighted a lot. And the, the left is very fragmented by nature, too. It's very fragile, but, too. But, it, but that's what you got to – well, again, well, I, think me, that, me, I think that's that's a, think, a an attribute that's applied unnecessarily to the left, too, because th- there's some bad motherfuckers on the left. The problem is, uh-huh. is that – there's not solidarity on the left and there is solidarity on the right. There's this arbitrary like group, get it done, uh, fucking do it for the hive kind of fucking mentality for right wing conservative values. Because by by their very nature, conservative values are more static. They're more tangible and static. Progressivism entails movement. It, it entails experimentation, change, things like that. So they're, they're not as tangible. And there's more discussion and disagreement on how to move forward with progress in general. So if you have a static value system that you adhere to, it's naturally easier to get people on board and keep them rallied around that static entity than it is the idea of change and how to go about it. Okay, Mark, what were you about to say there? I think some of the things that have been said um, t- um, in this conversation and uh, and the latest thing that you just said are very, very connected to a reality that I, I, I want to try to describe sort of philosophically about the Democratic Party, if you will. Whatever it was that happened in the 1960s, that whole takeover thing in the welfare state mm-hmm. and all those things that were introduced were were – were the nation's uh, so, some parties in the nation responding to civil rights the same way that you respond to a child that's very upset, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not always easy to tell what is needed practically when a baby's crying. So the first thing you do is pick them up and hug them and try to comfort them emotionally. That's a short term fix. 
that's what happened to the black people. Like we we got a short term, like a pacifier, if you will, a short term fix for for a long term problem, a, a problem that that had us upset over hundreds of years. But the the short term fix became the system. It's a system of short term fixes. How do we satiate them and emotionally calm them down just long enough to get through another cycle, whatever that cycle may be, an election cycle or a trend cycle, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. But that's what happened. So it is very infantilizing and it is a very, what did you just say, Kalu? You, you said, um, what did you say before, before this? About that, the Democratic Party. I said that they were looking for something to be mad about for the yes. next four years. Yes, exactly. So that that cycle, the system has been built to respond at that level, at the emotional level and the sensibility level to all of the people representing the Democratic Party. And that's their game. Right. And that's why we can't jettison someone, as Chris said earlier, to the forefront and stay behind them for the practical reasons of whatever uh, policies and bills they're delivering for us. We always got to align with them for something non that doesn't last, like we like the way they are or something or they're, mm-hmm. whether they're racist or not. We could do we could do very well with 10 racist. It doesn't matter if someone's racist. Politics can um, be above that if you're smart and we use politics like we're supposed to and we exercise solidarity. You cannot exercise solidarity on an emotional level, not in grown up real world resource management. You got to have practical things that are constantly being met, goals that are being met to verify that your alignment with this person or that person, this idea or that idea is actually serving your community. Your emotions don't last further than you can see. So that's why we continue to fail because we look for someone that that makes us emotionally happy, but they never give us anything. And during the civil rights era and in the early 60s, that's what the Democratic Party was successful at doing. They found a way to sort of calm people down because meeting the actual political needs and demands that, that our communities need was a more heavy lift than anyone wanted to do. No one wanted to give up the advantage they already had from um, exploiting minorities in the country for so long, you know. So mm-hmm. now we've got a way to keep cycling out the pacifiers for the baby. When the baby gets tired of the pacifier, we got to find a different one or find something new for the baby to be mad at. If the baby's mad at something new, we can use the same kind of pacifiers before. But if the baby stays mad at the same thing, we got to swap out the pacifier. It's got to be some different mechanism to pacify. And the fortunate thing is the baby can't remember that long because that's the way emotions work. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to have too many pacifiers in the <laughs> in the in the holster you know we can rotate them out and that's what happens i think to the black community why am i thinking that obama was the the pacifier he's just one type he's just one type because his 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 personality was enough to win people over but we didn't demand anything of him we didn't uh, my understanding is we didn't get anything out of obama he could have said hey i'm going to release everybody from non violent drug related crimes like if like if you have marijuana or something you had 10 pounds of marijuana there's no reason for you to be in jail for 10 years mm-hmm. we'll commute all those sentences and you can get out and you'll be a part of a specialized work release program that helps rebuild the infrastructure you combined with immigrants that uh, want to come here can work immigrants got to go back at the end of every year and get recertified to re-enter the country but at least they get to take money back home 
the African people, you stay here and you get the higher order degrees, which require further consumption of our infrastructure that of, of our liberties that we don't want to extend to a legal agreement. So you both can start off working. But those of you who are in jail, mostly black males, you not only get to work to rebuild build the bridges and highways, but you get specialized training. So in the next cycle, Mexican guy comes back. He's still a an apprentice, but you're now a foreman. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he comes back and he's still an expert, a concrete person, but now you're the general contractor and we will both educate, re, redignify, rehabilitate people and get people out of prison. They really shouldn't be there anyway. But Obama could have did like one thing like that. He could have did a dozen of those sorts of things, but one of those things would have been great. He would have had a legacy, but we didn't get anything out of him because we didn't ask anything of him. And we didn't ask him anything of him because like a child, we don't know how to clearly articulate what we know. We just start whining and crying and we expect the adult to figure it out for us. Well, the adult's going to be like, all right, I'm going to give you the minimal amount of thing that takes nothing from me. You might want all of the above. You may have a great list of things that you need, but you sure aren't asking for it like a grown up. You're asking for it like a two year old. You're not asking for it like a 20 year old. 20 year old will say, you know what? I'm not fucking buying Nikes anymore. I'm not buying orange juice. I'm not paying for Netflix. I'm not buying Cadillacs. You know, I'm not getting what I want. I'm just going to save my money. I'm not paying for the NBA. African-American people, whoever makes up the larger part of the Democratic Party, we don't do that. So we get what we what we deserve. We get what we, how we're acting. We act like kids. Oh my God. He said, you ain't black. Who cares what the old man says? He seems like a kind, warm, old, half perverted uncle. Like I don't see anything <laughs> wrong with Joe Biden. He seems like every other guy I know that said, Oh, I don't think he's fit. I think he's getting a little bit slower on the cognitive side. So it may be yeah. a little too much for him to do presidency, but none of that matters. If we could get that, if we could get close enough to him to know that he will, that what we can offer him can um, sway the special interest that he's aligned with up there, then that's all that matters. I don't, I don't even care about his behavior. If his behavior is insulting, that's even better because now we can hide behind him. Now he mm. can look, we can sneak him in there and get some shit done and pretend like we hate him. No, no, no. As long as we're getting what we want politically, prisons decreasing inner cities having less death and gun violence and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Education is uh, uh, focusing on and protecting young black males, et cetera, et cetera. As long as we're getting what we want, you got to be an infant to care about how someone behaves or whether they like you or not, or even if they're a racist, to be a racist doesn't mean that much anymore. I can deal with a racist. But you first, you got to deal with him. You got to do something more than just say, oh, man, he's not being nice to me. You know, hmm. said a lot there, man. <laughs> well, and, that was and, good. And, and, and honest to God, like, I, I think we're even talking about this in best case scenario type terms. We're we're giving Joe Biden the benefit of the doubt that that we're not looking at a, the illusion of choice that we're not looking at um, two people that at the end of the day ultimately work for the same group of individuals or the same collective of entities. Um, Obviously, I'm going to lean more towards the side of believing that, again, at the end of the day, Trump and Biden work for the same fucking people. My decision, what is making me 
honest to God, nothing else, literally, I'm that cynical at this fucking point, nothing else has encouraged me more to vote for Joe fucking Biden than, than Donald Trump's inability to even have a press conference like with the maturity level of a 12 year old or the way he communicates shit or re- recklessly endorses uh, a drug that he has some kind of vested interest in or tweets out all kinds of shit and makes our fucking country look like a goddamn laughing stock. Yeah. His rhetoric is, is is causing damage in and of itself, just that rhetoric. So now they've got us in a position where we've eaten so much shit that we're begging for shit with a little bit of salt on it. You know, like just, just put some Lowry's on it. And I, I and that'll really help me right now. And and like you said, Mark, like there are the this this cyclical thing that's based upon almost taking away and then and then giving it back or maybe even giving back less, like taking it away, causing damage. And then whenever some kind of semblance of normalcy returns, you're grateful for it. It's almost like the relationship between the sociopath and the codependent. Yeah. Where, where, it's like an abusive relationship. Dude, it is. We are in an abusive relationship with our fucking government, whereby our government would represent the sociopath in, in its cyclical form. Like Mark was saying that there's cycles to this shit. And the, well, the, soci- the sociopath manipulates the emotional state of the codependent. And it's also, you know, you talk about, um, it, that that book uh dave Chappelle talked about it uh of uh and it's an old fucking book it's about pimping Iceberg um, slim yes yes um uh, the how you you break someone down mentally yeah. and honest to fucking yeah. god i feel like that book that dave Chappelle referenced you can scale that kind of shit up and diffuse that now, especially in the age of information, and utilize a very similar format to break down the citizenry and then build them back up how in, in the image you want them to. Mm-hmm. This perpetual state of deprivation and pacification, deprivation yeah. and pacification, or fear. The, yeah. the, the idea that you might have your toys taken away even. That's, mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people are working off of like oh i i'll have to i'll have to sell my houseboat i won't yeah. be able to make my payments on my houseboat if he starts doing this or that yeah. like i think like bitch fuck your houseboat like these motherfuckers out here dying in the streets because they don't have medication like nobody's helping them like i give a fuck about your houseboat yeah i think one of the things that you you guys had said in, in reference to like just the the pimp game and, and breaking people down and building them up. Um, this, some of the conspiracy theorists out there kind of believe that something like that is occurring right now with a lot of people having to have certain things be, uh, you know, be locked away or be quarantined or be isolated or anything like that. A lot of those things are taken away and people are now being built back up to love their job if they were just like turning screwdrivers or doing some you know something not not to say that it's simple but like something just to have something just having them be thankful just to have a job there and to get people to stop complaining and all that kind of stuff because they've gone a couple months without it 
Do you know what I'm saying? And now they're well, ultimately even more loyal to the organization or whatever. Well, and, and you're right. I, I think that they just saw the, the fucking opportunity. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're constantly looking for a situation. And how can we maintain the illusion of some degree of normalcy and control so people aren't out in the fucking streets rioting all the while capitalizing on the fucking situation. So I I very much think that's what what's occurred. I think the initiating thing, Mm -hmm. it's a very real fucking entity and it's going to continue to be a real entity for a while, especially the way motherfuckers is acting. I just read that uh, like 27 states Uh are, are still like there, there's no evidence of them having leveled the the curve, flattened the curve. 27 fucking states. No evidence of them flattening the fucking curve and we still moving forward with this shit. Like 100,000 people dead now. Yeah. And just let me ask you another let me ask you you both another thing. You know, I and a lot a lot of people have been angry with um, groups like Amazon and and Walmart and stuff like that, knowing that their business model hasn't changed or anything because of coronavirus it hasn't changed it's been the same way why are people faulting amazon for for what they've been doing for years like well, why all of a sudden and and i'm i'm just saying off cuff like i i don't use amazon i've never used amazon because i always saw on the top end i saw the appeal i very mm-hmm. much saw the appeal the fu- everything about it is fucking appealing they mm-hmm. serve it up straight to you, but I was leery of it. And then I'm like, the more that I thought about what Amazon represented moving forward and what it was going to do to other entities, I'm like, mm, poison. So I don't fuck with Amazon unless I absolutely have to. And I don't, again, you, you can't necessarily fault. Don't, don't, I, you can't scapegoat Amazon. Why are if, so many if, people if, doing if, it then? Well, that's the thing is that we're, we're not Amazon is doesn't mean anything. Amazon is an entity. It's innocuous. Mm. It You have to look at the individual that's behind it. If you're going to have any semblance of like an objective conversation about why people are mad, you got to look at the dude. You got to look at Bezos. Mm-hmm. You don't look at Amazon because Amazon is th- it's much bigger than Bezos. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's look to him. Why are people angry about that? It's in in my opinion, I think a lot of people are angry for reasons they don't necessarily 100 percent understand. I have to make that allowance. But at the yeah. same time, um you're right. The business model hasn't fucking changed, but neither has the business model for our government, whereby private forces can pour money into our political system in order to get legislation pushed through in a pervasive fucking way. And I think the other thing that hasn't changed is the method of small business and the way that they operate. Like we're, a lot of people are pissed at Amazon and Walmart and stuff for the way that they handled business Again, they've been doing this for for years before oh, yeah. this happened. Yeah, I don't, I don't so, blame them. But I, there's I, a you, there's a big push. They need to going they need for, to blame themselves. Like the motherfuckers that's going to that are patronizing these entities, and, and it's right. and it, it, it's it's 
it's the people that are going there still that that have the option and ability to go and source their shit elsewhere. They're part of the problem. So you take that group. That that group is for real, whether they're ignorant completely or not. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if if they're going to Walmart and they have the ability and means to source the same shit from elsewhere, they're part of the fucking problem. Support well, small business, businesses but do but better about selling the, stuff online and doing all that because but, that is what has been working. Well, That's what like why why is it so hard to just learn from what Amazon's doing? Set up because there are multiple businesses, there are multiple groups out there that will help any small business to set up some kind of e-commerce, setting up some kind of shipping. Hell, you can even up your prices to cover things like shipping and whatnot. And people bro, will pay for convenience. But wait, that's wait, the Luke. thing. That's the thing, though, bro. That's the other side of what I was going to say is that you got those people that go to Walmart to say, fuck it. That Again, I'm going I'm to go to Walmart because it's goddamn convenient. I don't give a fuck about supporting small business, whatever. Okay, do your thing, whatever, pimp. But there are a whole lot of people that have to go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. That's the only source of anything within a fucking 50-mile range of where they're at for them to get a lot of the shit that they fucking need. And that is part of their business model. And you can't fault Walmart for capitalizing on what is the, the rules of our social system. No, but you have a whole lot of people that are beholden to Walmart that it's not their fault that Walmart has the cheapest prices on chicken. And it's literally the only fucking spot in town. Mm. But so, so, so what's, what's the root of it? The root of it is just is, is businesses being allowed to run untethered like this. Like if you go back and, and I know I'm dreaming pie in the sky on this shit, but if you go back to like Teddy Roosevelt, like breaking up the big fucking entities, like that kind of like romanticism that's associated with government being like, no, nope, bitch, you're too powerful. You have to be broken up into X, Y and fucking Z. I'm sorry. Like we can't we can't have our cake and eat it, too. We can't have an untethered cap predatory capitalistic system left unchecked and allow small business to pr- proliferate because the ultimate goal of capitalism, it's like the board from Star Trek, man, like they just it keeps absorbing and expanding and absorbing and expanding. That's the ultimate fucking goal of it. There's never it's never satiated. Hmm. What were you going to ask me, Mark? Well, um, before you ask that question, I wanted to understand a little more clearly, if you didn't mind, like what is it that people are saying about the big outfits? They're saying that they're hurting the small businesses and they're, okay. you know, they're like, well, you know, small businesses are shut down right now. But Walmart and Amazon, and these other places are able to like, why is it so oh. hard to think like those groups probably have the capacity to facilitate like large masses of people having to funnel into one spot? Yeah. And if being the, able if to sanitize had, and all that kind of stuff. Well, if we had well, Chris already just, you know, just did yeah. it treated this the same way but like if we if we had regulation to keep them from being so big then people they would be complaining about that too because they think it's somehow encroaching upon their freedoms their freedoms to self undo we've we've got so much freedom here and we've got so much based in constant growth that we want the freedom to literally kill ourselves and we are literally do, we're actually doing that 
mm-hmm. we're killing ourselves. And that's just, I guess, an indication of how small and helpless our minds are because people can't even think in those five or six circular steps. I have the right to do anything I want to in America. If I endorse that right and feed my ego, there are clear, measurable, predictable, diminishing returns. When those diminishing returns um, affect me, I have the right to to not be affected by those. Dimi- you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those diminishing returns. It's greed and capitalism that create WalMarts and Amazon.coms. And then we're going to say, oh, I don't want an Amazon.com, but I want that overnight shipping. Speaking yeah. of which, speaking of which, the best uh comedy special on Netflix that I've seen this entire year in the or in the past 12 months is uh, Donnie Chung's. You gotta watch it. It, it is the Chung. best one. Yeah, it is great. It's Asian Man Destroys America. Oh, it I heard some of that. Amazing, dude. What are you just talking about? Communism and stuff? No. It's, uh, I don't know. He doesn't talk too much about communism. God damn. Khalil over here being in. racist to say, oh, <laughs> 30 seconds in, man. It's racist. Oh, racist ass clue. <laughs> At it again. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Well, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to approach and touch on another topic, but I think that this there's a, there's enough meat on the bone for, for just this topic alone. There's a ton more, I think, to find out. There was a ton more that was said today. But I think that this is a good stopping point. And um, I, I just I think we it's it's interesting hearing the, our different viewpoints about it. Clearly, I think we're all in agreement that what he said, it, it came from a place where I think you people need to do a little bit more thinking to get to that to get to that level and understand that he's he didn't mean malice by it. Um I think that it was just the wrong person to say it. Um, but I also think just like you both said that there's, there's different levels of, if you want to call it pacification that happens, uh, especially within the, the, the democratic party. Is that, is that, am I fair to say that? Oh, I, I just, I think, I think one of the problems is what, what's pushing this, what, what's really pushing this And to be honest with you, like I said earlier, I think it's going to end up working in Biden's favor Mm -hmm. as far as attracting him attention and people actually having to make the decision. Because if I'm honest, I kind of was like was forgetting about Biden. Like I'm like, I hadn't heard shit from him. Mm -hmm. He hadn't been said contributed anything meaningful. And then he does this colorful shit, if you want to call it that. Mm Uh, to Charlemagne of all people says it to Charlemagne and then all of a sudden he's in the fucking media again so I, I think that it's it's going to end up helping him mm-hmm. as far as getting people to actually be like oh yeah I probably need to go vote but yeah. I think that a lot of this and it's something that gets on my motherfucking nerves more than anything is white savior bullshit and yeah, virtue signaling, white savior bullshit, where you've got a lot of folks that are trying to tell black folks what to be outraged about. And mm-hmm. we even talked about that on the last episode. And it it was the last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that shit on the fucking last episode. Like, telling 
a marginalized group or the the subject group what they should and shouldn't be fucking offended by and pushing that agenda that's infantilizing it's absolute and it's objectifying too it's not that that is one of the more sub, subversive forms of racism that is manifested in the democratic party i will say the democratic party more than i will say the left mm-hmm. or even liberals in general is to to look at look at black people as a fucking charity case yeah and and i it, it's absolutely fucking infuriating cuz you how, how are you supposed to make progress under a system that looks at you inherently in those terms as well you yeah. got you got one that's like the illusion of a meritocracy like well fuck you You've got all the same chances I do. I don't see race. <laughs> and then you've got the other ones that are like, I, I do see race. Look, okay. You, okay. you've had you've had a hard time. You've you know, you pu- you poor souls. But meanwhile, a black person has never been in their home. Yeah. What were you saying, Martin? Well, I said, though, how you do it is you got to grow up. And if we ask um, how does a two year old grow up and why doesn't time passing make that happen well you have to ask how do you keep someone uh behaving like a two-year-old even though they're 20 and uh black people we've only had about 50 or 60 years of you know freedom if you will so we're still two year two years old and um politically yeah and so we, i think a good thing to ask and examine is what what helps someone grow up what well, do you treat- think it would be, Chris? Oh, I'm sorry. Chris, I was just going to say, tr- treating them like a baby, continue to treat them like a baby, which is, I think, what the Democratic Party does, that won't help them grow up. Hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly, it, well, and, and honestly, like like Mark said, and I think it even extends beyond just the black community. If you, if you look at um, any struggling group, any marginalized group, uh, whether it be based upon race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, whatever, I think it would go a long way. I mean, and again, you're going to have to have the right motherfucker to do it. It, it takes the correct delivery system. Mm-hmm. Um, Obama was a very effective delivery system because he presented himself in such a way that the motherfucker was slick daddy about do- basically being like, like a little right of center, like mm-hmm. really kind of policy wise and shit he did center centrist, maybe arguably left of center. Fuck. I don't know. But um, what you got to do is have an effective delivery system whereby you have an individual that that is not going to pander to communities, but is going to look communities in the fucking eye and be like, look, we have some shit guys like. You all, these are the numbers. This is what's going on. How are we going to fucking fix it? You don't pander to them. You don't treat them like, you don't patronize them. You don't treat them like children. And that's what happens with black folks. That's what happens with low SES whites. Again, it's, it's pacification and pandering and that, and that cyclical political system. You have to have a leader that's willing to look not just problems in the eye, but but human beings in the fucking eye and willing to tell them harsh realities and not tell them what they want to motherfucking hear. So we need somebody that has a vested interest in the success of the people mm-hmm. that is also willing to be like, okay, you suck at this, 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 and this. Like, 
Now, now, how are we going to remedy this disparity? We, we can't sit here and 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 look backward too damn much. I mean, you can reverse engineer the root of something to try and figure out where it went wrong and remedy things moving forward. But we got to figure out solutions moving forward. Yeah. And, and and I think that that's that's a hook, line and sinker thing, too, is that you got a lot of people focused and arguing about past shit, too. Mm-hmm. And it's a delicate balance. I mean, because because you have to acknowledge the the impact of history. But at the same time, you can't dwell on history as an excuse for future fucking mistakes. Yeah. And that is one thing that I think that the Democratic Party um, seems to be dwelling way more than I think the Republican Party is. They want people with some kind of clean past and they're realizing they're just they're never going to get it. The, as far as I saw the per, well, they you know we had a clean past in in my opinion in, in Barack Obama, and I think that there was a clean past in in terms of the the people like like uh, Bernie Sanders. Everyone knows exactly what he's been doing the entire time. You know, it, it's all documented how he's lived. He's been one hundred percent straight. But I think that the people who are truly in control don't want to take the time for a person with a clean past. And so they'll do every single thing possible to, I don't want to say sabotage, but paint that paint it in a way where that shit doesn't matter. Now you have stuff like, you know, this lady coming forward talking about, you know, being sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. And it largely is kind of like, yeah, okay. They're, they're looking past it. You even saw, uh, Stacey Abrams was like, I stand by, you know, Joe Biden and all that kind of stuff. Like, it just seems like people are in this phase, especially the, at least the party where they're now willing to win so much that it's like we can't be thinking about these dudes past. They may have checkered past. They may have done some wild shit. They may not have. But their end goal is just winning. And I finally see the Democrat Party getting to a point of and I'm doing my air quotes savagery that I think that the Republican Party is that it's a it's going to be a win at all cost type of thing. And it's not going to matter who's going to, you know, what that person has done before, as long as that party has its stamp on what gets passed, you know, for the next four years. And, and I really I really don't think that. Um the Democrats ever much, much care um, if the Republicans win or not. Most you don't of think them. so? No, I don't. I think I think the overwhelming majority of them cats are in collusion with one another. I yeah. think that you've you've got some anecdotal folks that are largely ostracized from our legislative branch because that's mostly what I'm motherfucking talking about, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again, I think it's a dog and pony show. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, these, these cats are in collusion and they know yeah. that a Republican presidency does not mean anything detrimental to anybody in one of those seats. Cause, and, and here's the other thing too, like I'll, I'll ask you both, has both of your lives been negatively or positively impacted based on who was in who was in power. Maybe I'm asking the wrong people. Um like yes. do you believe that yeah, your life would yeah. be different yes. if if yeah. would have won? 
Yeah, I, I saw do. I saw during Bush's administration. That's the first time I noticed it because I was a grown up during his administration. Mm-hmm. It was sometimes in the two thousands. Uh, um, uh, I won't pull the obvious one nine eleven, but it was the th- the political climate after that had a lot of effect on my life. Security mm-hmm. skyrocketed. The skills I had became incredibly value valuable. Not that that's why he did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the lack of um, you said that's why he did it. No, <laughs> I you. said no. For I you. <laughs> no, no, I said not. Not that that's why he did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I, 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 I didn't get what you're saying. But anyway, yeah. you're saying Bush it, did 911 is what you're saying. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I get what you said. No, I wasn't saying that. I just, and then I'm thinking, and then I'm thinking also. Be, be, I'm thinking beyond that, like Bush did 911 for you, so your oh, skills would yeah. <laughs> be more valuable. Yeah. Now, both of those things are funny, but no, I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> I was saying that that was that was the first time that I was old enough to notice why anything political mattered. It was crazy in like 2004 to 2000, I don't know, 14 or whatever. It was rough, man. Like it was it. But it made me more independent. It made me more. And I, I know no one wants to hear that. Oh, that's I, good. I sound like a lot of uh, conservative people don't hear them talk or whatever, but it's something about personal independent responsibility as the first measure of manifesting your life goals. That is better because later on you can do more things collectively and socially, but first try to see what you can do for yourself. Bush made me force me to do that was rough. Like if I didn't have skills in, repairing computers, I don't know what my income would have been. I may have just been at a factory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then after that, um, when Obama came in, all kinds of other things uh, 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 happened that I could see a change for change because I was working in nonprofit. If you remember, Kalu, I was work- mm-hmm. I was running the Boys and Girls Club then. So, yeah, I've seen effects. Maybe not as big as some people that own businesses or something that really pay attention to stuff, but just little everyday uh, day-to-day life stuff affected me a lot. And then finally with Trump in now I'm on, you know, I'm on that side of the bracket that gets treated a little bit differently. You know what I mean? So yeah, without even paying attention, I I have to say it, it has affected me. Yes. I think though, would you be affected negatively uh-huh. if another, if another person was in power though? Like, there's no way that we can tell how our lives would be different because you said it, you you learned, you essentially learned to rely on yourself. You adapted and you survived, right? Yeah. Why I don't know is, if I understand you, your question correctly. You, you, had, you had to learn different skills. You picked up on, you saw, okay, this is, this person's in power. How can I, I guess, win regardless of who's here? Mm-hmm. That's what you did, right? Yeah. Why is it so hard for everyone else to take that same mentality? Like every time, whenever I see and you know, since I became politically involved or at least politically aware, when things didn't go and I'm doing air quotes my way, the I the first thing that I would do is try and figure out how can I still win? And by win, I just mean like survive, thrive, grow, regardless of who's there. I think I am speaking from a point of privilege. Yeah, um, but it's just <laughs> like, yeah, I, I know, I know. I it's am, almost, like, it's almost, and and I don't mean this pejorative towards you, but it makes it's it's a it's something that we 
discount to a degree sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's an alienating factor too. Yeah. But, uh, it's a bit ableist of us to be like, well, why can't other people do this? Well, they've even, exploited us some, for years. Why can't well, we do the same? Well, but, but that's that's the thing is that like, and and we're talking about just purely on a one to one. Let's like yes. take demographics Me out versus of, government is what I'm well, saying. Yeah, and and on on one to one individuals, why why can't another individual proliferate the way the three of us do within no, a no, given no, no, system? No, no, no. Okay. 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 You said their keyword within a given system. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Within, within a given system, like we adapt to the system, the system isn't tailor made for us. And we know that so that we still figure out ways to adapt and work within the bounds of the system. All three of us have, have successfully done that and continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the question being, why can't other perceivably capable individuals do the same. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the thing is, is again, we discount. And again, I'm going to sound like a turd, but if it, you're more welcome to challenge me to a game of Trivial Pursuit, if you want to try me, but the people that are on this show probably have aptitudes, natural aptitudes. I know IQs are, are, a bit biased and subjective, but probably have higher IQs in general. Um, we, we had access to books. I mean, we grew up uh, three, all three of us grew up meager, but it's obvious. Yeah. But it's obvious that we grew up having books and shit around. So like Mm -hmm. there's entire generations of people that had more money than us that didn't have books growing up. Mm -hmm. They were raised by parents that could do a specific task but they weren't equipped to, you know, train them in critical thinking skills, what the fuck ever. So I think that sometimes we discount and and, and it's a harsh reality. And, but it's part of the greatest lie ever told is that all men are created equal. We're fucking not. Everybody, yeah. everybody has different niches that that they fit into. Not everybody is as capable and, and as much as we would like to say, like, oh, you know, nature, things have a way of working themselves out. Like if you're dealt a, a bad hand in this way, you get no, that that's not that's not how nature fucking works. Yeah. Sometimes you're six foot four and fucking uh, an Adonis and handsome. Yeah. And sometimes you're a little trollish creature that has no fucking common sense. It's just mm-hmm. the way it fucking works. OK. So we have to make that acknowledgement or we're, we're again, we're infant infantilizing the entire population. Mm-hmm. The entire working class is being infantilized with this idea. And not only that emboldened, be like, no, you are just as capable as anybody else. It just takes hard fucking work. No, we have to make the harsh acknowledgement that not everybody has the same capacity as everybody else. And it, and when and when you, we make that acknowledgement that not everybody has the same capacity, which is it, it's a divisive thing. It's not it's not an easy thing for especially a politician to to uh, expand upon and explain yeah. in an easily digestible way. But in order for us to remedy inequality, that's what where we have to fucking start is acknowledging yeah. that there is inequality. Mm-hmm. Man, we've, uh, I, I like this episode. I really did. Um, 
Do we have any sort of closing remarks, any last statements, anything like that before we start off with the shameless shout outs? Uh, man, I just, like I said, I don't, I, I really don't think that the, the Biden thing, like at this point, to me, it's not about winning. I give a fuck about winning. I'm just tired of having uh, someone in office that uses the kind of rhetoric that they do. Like you, you asked Mark or you asked us the question, like, has a presidency affected me personally? Like I have seen the type of callousness, the validation of callousness um, that has overcome. Like it is just swept over a certain mm-hmm. demographic of our fucking population, hatred towards any number of fucking groups. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, I'm not talking about motherfuckers with white hoods. I'm yeah. just talking about like, I think there's been an increase in the idea of blaming poor people f- for the position that they're in, blaming people that have problems with addiction, mm-hmm. uh, substance abuse for the position that they're in. Um, I, I think that that this administration and the rhetoric that is associated with it has stripped our society collectively of a good deal of empathy. Mm. And even if everything Barack Obama motherfucking said was completely hollow and he just maintained the status quo and was, you know, the same old shit, he still, he inspired motherfuckers and he kept his goddamn composure. And he made and he made our country look good in relation to other countries as well. Um, so, I, and one last thing, I know I'm getting long winded with my closing remarks, but like there, there's a move towards globalism, but there's you know the globalism is the devil in a lot of people's minds at the same time, especially you know the United States, and it's because we have free reign to loot our social system. So the idea of globalism is terrifying to the status quo in the United States. And again, it's not like the rest of the world's got their shit together or anything like that. But I I think it really does come down to um, the fundamental notion of, of working class solidarity and stopping nitpicking for fucking five minutes and us be like, all right, the house is on fire. Let's put the house, let's put the fire out before we worry about that we don't like the color of the fucking drapes. Gotcha. That's all I got to say. Mark, you got anything? Yeah. Um, for human beings, um, if, the, if we have an unfortunate burden that we're sort of born into, if the reality that you find yourself existing in doesn't meet your desires and there's nothing other than your efforts that can change that. It's as simple as that. You can scale that all the way up to whatever level you want. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. I don't really have any closing statements. I mean, both of the things that you guys said really underscore a lot of the, the way that I feel with it. Um, and I, I hope that to, and I'm also sort of doing my moderator part of trying to be equal, even though I've said a lot of my own opinion, but anyway, I'll be better about that. But, um, I thought this was a good episode. Um, shameless shout outs. 
I, you know, I certainly want to give one to my boy JP. Uh, he and I were chatting a little bit yesterday. I just want to let him know that you, my friend, you are, you are valued. I, I love you, dude. I hope everything's going well on your end. Um, uh, Chris, you got your shameless shout out that obviously Tyler Young, you know, yeah, my, doing, my little thing. My little lumpkin butt, Tyler Young. Shameless shout out to him at Grade Eight Performance. He's doing his thing, staying busy, um, mm-hmm. programming for himself, programming for the uh, the willing and able. Mm-hmm. Um, exceptional at what he does. Has a vested interest in your success. Jim's opening back up too. They, they are. So I got to give a shameless shout out to to my favorite Jim in town, uh, BG Powerhouse. Uh, uh, Burba, uh, Nikki Stock, yeah, you guys. Uh, hopefully, things will get to flowing here soon, and uh, y'all can y'all can clear a little bit of overhead and get a little bit of normalcy going on up in that motherfucker. Because honestly, BG Powerhouse, if you're gonna be able to socially distance while you're working out and getting serious stuff done, there's not a better place in town. And then uh, finally, I got to plug uh, Raw Power Moving Service. That's uh, that's me and one of the strongest human beings on the planet, Tyler Young. Generally, we show up just in a duo and we can move about anything that you fucking need and we quote everything per job. So if you have any any needs, it doesn't matter what it is. We're, we're pretty uh, adaptable and we're interested in helping you out. So. That's uh, at Raw Power Movers and uh, Raw Power Moving Service on Facebook. Cool, cool. Mark, shameless shout outs for you? Uh, I don't think I have any shameless shout outs this time. Okay, all right, that sounds good. Well, guys, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope it made you think. Uh, hopefully you guys have some political questions to ask yourselves and maybe you have some questions to ask us. So if you do have anything, shoot us a message at the Salumist podcast on Instagram. Uh, also hit up our Facebook, just the Salumist on there. You should actually just Salumist podcast. Uh, go to our website, www.thesalumist.com. If you want to listen to any of the episodes, add slash podcast on there and you'll be able to see a little player. It'll show all the different episodes that we have. Uh, yeah, I, I had fun. I want everyone to be safe. You know, I know at least in Kentucky, places are starting to open up. Don't be a fucking yeah. dumbass. Like, God I know damn. you want your, yeah, I know you want your uh, endless soup and salad, but uh, it's not worth uh, <laughs> potentially dying over. It was, uh, dude. And and let me be honest with you. And I know that it, it's done to to yeah. maintain the economy and like yeah. struggling businesses as much as anything. But as far as from an epidemiological standpoint, opening in-person seating in restaurants as part of the first phase of reopening is a bad fucking thing. Because that's like literally every other thing that's on the list, you can wear some sort of face covering, but you got to have you can't eat with a motherfucking mask on. So, I mean, obviously, the people in the restaurant will be wearing masks, but that does nothing that that's generally used to prevent spread in terms of the individual having it and not expelling droplets yep. elsewhere. If the yep. people in the restaurant got it, everybody that's in that goddamn restaurant is liable to motherfucking get it. So still, I mean, exercise extreme fucking caution. Don't go out and, and spread germs if you feel sickly, even a little bit. And uh, go get your test, too. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what's up. All right, guys. Be safe. Take care of yourselves and each other. And we 
are out. Peace.